Welcome to Adventures in Evaluation Podcast with James Coyle and Kylie Hutchinson. Hi, I'm James Coyle. I'm an evaluator in a large regional health authority. And I'm Kylie Hutchinson. I'm an external evaluation consultant, uh, currently working in Africa as an internal evaluation consultant, and uh, one who is still time zone challenged, evidently, because <laughs> I was not expecting your call this morning. Well, that's okay. When you put us together, you get adventures and uh, evaluation either way. Yeah. Exactly. So it's your morning. You uh, Sounds like there's birds in the background. I think I noticed that on a previous call. Do you have birds in the yard? Uh, yeah, the birds are great. The birds are fabulous. Um, you know, you wake up early here with the heat and the, and the sun and everything. So, yeah, that's, a, that's a, a really nice part of it. And how is Kelowna? Kelowna must be all lovely and Christmassy. Oh, it is. We just got so much snow in the last few days. Uh, where we moved up to is on a bit of a hill, so... We spent most of the Saturday afternoon counting the number of cars that uh, must cho- must have not uh, bothered uh, uh, getting uh, winter tires and sliding back down and doing donuts. And Yeah, it's a winter wonderland. Wow, that's great. Hey, you know, I was listening to some podcasts this week as I was walking to work, and <laughs> I found myself kind of thinking, okay, get over the introductions and get to the meat of the topic. <laughs> So we should probably do the same thing. <laughs> so you were listening to other podcasts where people did that successfully. You weren't, you know, uh, selfishly uh, just walking around thinking about our podcast and listening to ourselves. No, no, no. I was listening to some great podcasts, but they spent so much time introducing the guests and how are you and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, just get to it, please. So anyway, so what are we talking about this week? What's, uh, what's on your mind? What's on my mind? Um well, this week I confess it's been uh, it's been a little busier in my private life. Um, just you know, we moved houses, uh, as you know, and we're finally settling into what feels like home. But I think because it's been all consuming, I've actually been very preoccupied in the formative evaluation of the move. And uh, oh, yeah. And, and I mean, it's going to be some time before the you know summative evaluation is in. But, um, you know, without trying to be sort of cute or punny about it, it is actually, um, it is interesting to see how the company that we've gone with um, manages or doesn't manage uh, deficits or deficiencies, as they call them, uh, when you move into a new building. And they don't have a process. So I asked them if they had any evaluation process. They looked at me cross-eyed. And so the mm. whole the whole process of having to monitor um, you know, where they're at with and identify new deficiencies and report to them has been kind of draining. And it's it's quite different, I hope, than, um, and I think it's been draining for them uh, to have to hear me tell them every other day, oh, found another little small thing you got to fix. It's very mm-hmm. deficiency focused, very deficit based. But, you know, if they had some kind of streamlined system, it would be easier for both of them, you and them probably, no? Well, that's kind of the approach I took. So being kind of maybe the organizer in my family, I basically started an email and had a whole list and said, you know, I need to know. uh, I don't care who it is. I need to, you know, funnel this all through. Um, I can't talk to the person who's on site here. It's all got to flow through a certain person who does all the scheduling. So I just need to know what the protocols are. And in absence of really understanding them, I very clearly, you know, decided to send them a list and periodically ask exactly where are you at with item, you know, 2B. 
And um, yeah, so I mean, it, it has been a, a week of evaluating and um, trying to get uh, the, uh, you know, the, the town home ready for prime time. So it's kind of formative. Don't you find that sometimes as an evaluator, you're always looking at people's kind of feedback processes and going, ah, you know, you have nothing here for me and, and I'm a client and, and, you know, in your personal life, you play the role of a client and there's no evaluation and, you, you know, I have found myself you know, talking with people saying, look, where's the, you know, I want some feedback form or, or, oh, I, we used to have this, we used to have this uh, home organics delivery and it was just terrible. And I was pleading with them, look, I will set up your, you know, your online data collection, please. I've got something to say. But anyway, so so that was, uh, yeah, no, you know, I mean, I've offered at different stages throughout the entire process my, you know, honestly, and maybe it doesn't come off this way to them, and I'm just another customer, but, you know, I try and point out, listen, in, in, in my most well-meaning way, I've got some suggestions and some, some advice that I think will probably help you with customers yeah. and your product in the future. I mean, for example, um, you know, the deficiencies in, in our home are, some of them are minor, but some of them are major. For example, you know, uh, I mean, granite countertops, I've never had them. It's not like we've got tons of it, but that's what comes with the place. And it wasn't sealed. It, it, and so the first night we had whatever, we weren't cooking, we were to Thai food, left it on the counter. Next morning, oil soaked right into the granite. <laughs> well, I swore, you know, profusely. And then I'm thinking, this can't be normal. Like, I understand it's porous, but did someone not seal it? So long story short, when they come and they make it right and they fix it, I said, if I was you, I would check all of the granite in this whole new building before you have to fix something afterwards. And no, no, it's probably just you. There's no real interest to try and track down the same deficiencies to make sure they weren't replicated. Bizarre to me. <laughs> so I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking the poor, uh, you know, Mr. Evaluator who keeps these going. Okay, that's nice, James, but I, I really don't care about your granite countertop. We got to get on with the podcast. <laughs> Well, you know, you asked what was on my mind. Uh, I did, yeah. I, I mean, that's 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 in my personal life. On a more um, academic note, uh, I did need to kind of go back to the well, find something more interesting. And I was meeting with a uh, West African colleague of mine, and it just so happened I'd read a, a really neat article we could uh, talk a little bit about later as well, just looking at uh, uh, West African proverbs and um, how they link to evaluative impulses in, in local cultures. Oh, we'll go for it. Yeah. Have you read this article? It's in the American Journal of Evaluation. I think it was May 2012. It's by Peter Easton. No, go ahead. Well, you know, other than curiosity and needing to get a break from my kitchen countertop woes, (laughs) which uh, (laughs) are as uninteresting to me now as they may be to our audience. And I found this article. I thought it was interesting. And and he, he goes into... Um, you know, exploring cultural competency, and, and that's a you know a big term that we have now in in uh, around the world in evaluation. What that looks like, and and how as evaluators we've been we've been trying to bring that into our practice. And um, there's not a lot of literature on it, but he took an interest in um, local cultures, particularly West African um, cultures, where they have these things called proverbs, and you know those of us probably in almost every language, have proverbs of our own. And in particular, was trying to isolate where there might be um, evaluative undertones that allow people working within any culture 
to tap into um, pre-existing knowledge or wisdom or, or just even sort of common sayings that help you explain uh, the difference between monitoring, the different, uh, you know, and evaluation or uh, things like um, uh, what evaluative and rendering evaluative judgment looks like. So some of the phrases were really cool. I need these right now. Well, let me see. Have you heard any proverbs since you're you're working in uh, in Zambia? No. Well, you know, my office is very. Um, uh, I mean, everybody in my office is Zambian, but they're, they're very um, Western. It's a very Western office. So, no, go for it. Tell me. I don't have any Zambian ones. Uh, okay. Western African, but um, I did validate with uh, my my friend from Nigeria that these are legit. I will not read the proverb in the. Uh, Hausa uh, language or any other language, uh, but uh, here are some of them uh, that are translated. Okay, so one is uh, there's no point in arguing about farming during the growing season. Uh. And that one is intended sort of uh, underline uh, the importance about actually having factual evidence. And really, what's the point in arguing about something when it's in mid season? Let's wait and see. Uh, mm. farming results in a better outcome. Mm-hmm. Another one that I didn't get at all, it needed a bit of explanation, was a single horse running on the town square is very fast. A single horse? Running on the town square is very fast. Does that make sense to you? A single horse running on the town square. Don't get it. It's very fast. And so what it's meant to... Um, explores um, the idea that relative speed is what matters. So really, you need a comparison. So when we work with different programs and they say, well, you know, my program's working really well, compared to what? Right. So if if your perspective is the only one, um, you know, I guess you could say whatever you want, but you need to put it in relative terms. One I probably like the most was um, uh, on the day of the bath, there is no hiding the belly button. <laughs> I like that. Oh, I can use that one. That's great. And the, what, what that what that relates to is um, uh, transparency and the yeah. importance of having transparency in our public affairs and the kind of work that we do. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I can use that. Maybe one more. Um, uh, the one I, I really like, uh, too, is whatever caused the mouse to run into the fire must be hotter than the fire itself. Uh, and that's really yeah. more about going back to um, underlying causes or real motives that are involved in something. Yeah. Now, does he, in this article, does he just focus on West African ones? Because I'm thinking if you're working with different cultural groups, that might be a great thing to do it at the beginning when you have a contact to say, you know, what are some local proverbs or what are some, you know, what are some things in your culture that would, because right away tomorrow, like when I go into work now, I'm going to speak to my assistant and say, I'm going to tell him the one about the, um, the belly button say, you know, is there anything else we can use to explain to people? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I mean, what it reminds me of is um, uh, the person who will not be named, of course, uh, is is very well known for talking about creation myths and how uh, right. cultures have creation myths and how you can leverage those again to highlight um, the longstanding, um, you know, processes and thoughts and cultural um understandings around you know evaluation and and they'll be unique 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I need I need to find some from the UK <laughs> for some of the people that I work with as well. But uh, those are great because, you know, my week in evaluation, um, one of the things that I have on my to-do list this week is I need to be doing a little bit of prep, preparing people for some m and results that are coming down. And uh, um, they're not bad results by any means, but um, I, I need to kind of, I can't just, I can't just drop them on their desks. I, I need to be doing some, you know, just a little bit of that, developing that evaluation culture, that openness to findings, all of that stuff. And uh, that's, so those would probably help quite a bit. So you need to find it. You need to think of one that comes before the bath day and the belly button. Yeah, yeah, and and you know it's funny. I I don't know if you've ever seen, but I I did this resource of it's on my website of thirty thirty ways to build a culture of of evaluation in your organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, la- last night as I was going to bed, I was thinking. I need to go back and look at some of my own tips because um, I need to implement some of those this week if I can. Just because I know from previous experience, you know, if you dump results on somebody's desk and disappear, it doesn't always go that well, right? So I need to, I just need to make sure that uh, people are kind of ready for this. They're open to what, Mm -hmm. you know, they see it as this is a learning opportunity, you know, and that I'm using that term a lot. Oh, here comes the learning opportunity tomorrow is going to be a learning opportunity that kind of stuff so yeah you know my only my only thought on that would be that you've probably done quite a bit of work um, you know that'll set them up for good use and then of course as soon as you drop off the report um, it's not done I mean there's so much yeah. follow-up still to do so I mean I would just say you know don't uh, don't lose sleep over the the one day where you're gonna reveal the results it's important but um, it's amazing how many opportunities if you look for them come even after the formal uh, presentation or discussion because you know what you never know how that conversation is gonna go you might get five minutes and not the 45 minutes you thought you get <laughs> right, right. Well, and you know, and that's one of the nice things I'm finding about being an internal evaluator is that I'm actually around and I'm present yeah, yeah. to see where it's going and to also be in that meeting saying, hey, everybody, remember, we learned such and such, you know, through the focus groups and people go, oh, yeah, that's right. And, you know, an external evaluator doesn't always have that luxury. I know we all say that we're supposed to stick around for the you know, utilization part and stuff like that. But in reality, we don't always have that. Uh, we're not we're not as present. So it's been a really neat part of being an internal evaluator. Yeah, you know, you 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 make me wonder if um, being an external evaluator, um, maybe you already do this, or you'd think about doing it more. As as when you go back to being an external evaluator, do you think you'd really work harder to find someone who's going to be that? you know, um, the person will carry that torch for, for the, the evaluation is it, or is that, you know, uh, pie in the sky thinking? Um, well, you know, no, I think it's certainly possible, but one thing I learned, um, when I went to, um, a talk put on he who cannot be named, um, was when you, 
when you develop the contract, you you actually build in three to six months after the report is delivered, um, where you're still working for the organization, helping them with utilization. So that might right, right. involve you know going to meetings and stuff. But traditionally, as an external evaluator, your contract finishes when you've signed off on that report. But uh, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know that extra time. But part of that is is getting them to remember that oh, hey, Kylie should be here at this meeting because it's also their mentality that you're the consultant, you've delivered the report, we're done with you, right? And so Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. there has to be some education on both parts. But I like that idea of having that torchbearer where maybe there's just that one person where you're constantly checking in with saying, how is it going, you know, know, is something coming up? Do I need to be aware of something? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think you can cultivate those. I don't know if you've seen it before. There's the odd time where I'm so surprised. There's the person who walks around with your, and I don't want to say your report, but the one that you led the authorship of that was participatory, but they carry it around and they're always pointing to it for, you know, the next year. And you're thinking, wow, like, I don't need to do anything here. You are clearly, you know, owning this. Right, right. Yeah. And that's always great to see. Another thing that, that um, we're doing is uh, we're typing up some draft results and uh, we're just putting them in you know point form because we're not we're put, we're bringing them to a results briefing or a, a data party as people like to call them and when it comes to the recommendations instead of using a bullet point we're actually using a checkbox and so that might do two things it might somebody might hopefully actually use it as a to-do list but it may just get them thinking from that perspective oh we have some recommendations here that need to be implemented you know what i mean because yeah i do i do you can go into word and it's, and you can actually choose that your bullet points are in the format of a square mm-hmm. and then think oh okay sorry <laughs> that was a little word 101 <laughs> sorry oh, i am aware of this thing called okay. microsoft word and Yet I have never had a square bullet. I will be exploring okay. that later. Okay. Yeah, hopefully there is actually somebody out there who says square bullet. I've never had. It. I've I've <laughs> got to find out about these. That's the word. That's the added value, right? So the other thing that I've been kind of working on for the past week, which has been kind of cool, is mobile data collection online and offline. Oh, tell us about. Uh, well, you know, when I when I, I think about a year ago or so. Uh, I went to a the Market Research Association of Canada or something put on a web webinar on mobile data collection, and uh, and to me it just seemed like oh wow this is too fast the future is now and and they were talking about you know setting it up for your for mobile phones somebody wanted to do some. Uh, market research at a at a huge concert. They had people doing it on uh, mobile phones, and I, I thought, wow, that's amazing! And the future is now, and and evaluation needs to be getting into things like this. And, uh, anyways, here I am, and of all places, I'm not I'm not doing it in Canada. I'm doing it in Africa. <laughs> Uh, with with an organization that's very tech savvy. So we have these little laptops, no, sorry, little tablets that we're doing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cheap tablets now that are flooding the market. And so we're using some ones that are, I think they're turning out to be about $84 each. Wow. And so, yeah, so we're going to use them. We're doing a bunch of data collection in January. So we're setting them up with some 
uh, online literacy and numeracy tests that are already formatted for as a mobile app. And um, so we're using these from USAID, who has developed them. And if anybody's interested, you just go to tangerinecentral.org. So they've got it all set up. You download it, and um, your data assistants then can do it online and offline out in the rural areas. And the only glitch that I'm seeing is my online survey provider, who, um, who is is really great. And actually, if I can, I'm going to do a shout out for them because I really like them. They're called Fluid Surveys. Um, they do provide you with an offline data collection option. Um, little bit expensive, maybe depending on, you know, I think it turns out to be about 120 a month to do it uh, that's based on an annual package mm -hmm. uh, to have the offline option which may or may not be an issue in a western context so that um, but, so that'd be for example if i wanted to download something to like my ipad and then walk around a mall without any wi-fi or you know or cell service i could then um cash or collect that kind of information yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, because I'm not exploring this in the Western context, then, you know, there may be other kind of options. Anyways, it, it's it's very exciting to be doing this here. Uh, do, so we have the offline options when we're out in the bush and we've got the online for when we're in the city. And I will probably report back to you sometime in January and let you know how it how it went, but both of these, both of this software that we're using downloads to, one directly downloads to SPSS, both of them download to Excel, and um, also the one that we're using, the USA tool for measuring literacy and numeracy, it actually has some training videos that you can download, so I'm going to be doing a little orientation to my um, university students who do the assessment with the students so I'm going to be able to show them that and it's all very exciting I'm I'm kind of determined to to make this work we will obviously have some bugs or whatever but it's uh it's kind of cool that's great well it's very yeah. flexible and it's nice that you don't have to go with paper tools, right? And then have to hand enter all that data in. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it takes um, some steps out of the equation where you can get, you know, um, incorrect entries and things like that. Now, one thing, though, I'm, I was talking with my assistant back in Canada, and we have to deliver an online survey in January to a completely different target market. And um, these are very busy women entrepreneurs. And so we had a discussion about, you know, should we use the mobile option uh, or should we just send it as an email? And um, after having a discussion, we thought, you know, these women are so busy, we don't want them to get the survey on their mobile phone and uh, start it and then get interrupted in their busy work lives and then maybe not get back to the survey. So in that, with that target market, we're definitely going with the um, just sending it traditionally through their email so that hopefully they'll get it when they're at their laptop because it's going to take them a 20 minutes to finish that survey. right so that's a yeah so that's a little different than mobile data collection on uh, on the side of the person collecting it versus um, leveraging applications that take advantage of the mobile device that your recipient would be using to complete the data yes you're right good clarification so um, you're right there's this the little tablet like that as you 
take to the shopping mall and get people's quick feedback mm -hmm, about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I can't imagine. I mean, I've tried to do the odd survey uh, on my phone, and and sometimes you know if it's short enough, it's it's okay. But yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a pain. And you know, at the same time, um, as tough as it is, we we typically want to make sure that we have the undivided attention of someone if they're going to complete, you know, 10 or 20 questions. It is a problem though, isn't it? Because a lot of times now we're moving around, we're not in front of a big screen. Yeah. And, and I could see like in your particular environment, you could hand it to patients while they're sitting in bed or people, uh, you know, customers sitting in the, in the waiting room, waiting for a physician's appointment or something like that. It, it's instantly in fluid surveys and then they, uh, you know, you can, you can, you crank out that that information the next day, right? So that part is really kind of neat. You don't have to have that step of somebody entering the data. Yes, the less that someone has to do that, including myself, the more fun. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Whoa. So anyways, that's what's um. That's busy what I've busy been week, doing. busy week. Yeah, and then of course it's the week before Christmas, so well, that yeah. good stuff. What's uh, what's Christmas like there? Uh, it's yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's do, Christmas. Are you looking forward to getting a new wig uh, under the Christmas tree? Yeah, that would be nice. So For those who haven't listened to the other ones, Kylie's yeah. getting a collection of wigs because it's, I guess it's common practice for people just to wear wigs there. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's, it's kind of fun to be Katy Perry or Posh Spice for a day. But I was going to say, in reference to Christmas, um, I do have my annual Christmas uh, carol for evaluators it's on my website it also went out on with AEA 365 it, it went out already Susan Kistler made a mistake and she <laughs> she she sent it out early which I'm perfectly fine with but yeah, I think, I, she's think gonna... I saw that isn't it there's another like a bell curve with a Santa hat or something that's right, that's right. well because you know I've been talking about my newfound um my rediscovery of statistics and my love of statistics. So that was the theme for this year's um, Christmas Carol. It's um, sung to the theme. Oh, it's the Internal Evaluators Carol. It's sung to the theme of Oh Come All Ye Faithful. And um, so if anybody wants it, they can um, sign up to AEA 365, the blog a day for it. And that comes on Christmas Day. Or you can just get it from my website, communitysolutions.ca. And by the way, if you're not on the AEA 365 blog, uh, I think we both highly recommend that you get on it because uh, there's a lot of great information in there. Yeah, I mean, really, to end our show today, here, are you not going to give us a few bars? I mean, you got you got to give us a couple bars, don't you? Oh, boy. Let me just see. I have to bring up the words. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I'm sorry. Oh, but what I can tell you guys is that um, on my website, I've been doing this for like the last 10 years or so. So some of the other ones that might interest people on the website is the uh, knocking around the strategic plan. Um, oh, there's a way in a report. Uh, there's, yeah, uh, that was when I was on my effective reporting kick. There's uh, Twas the Night Before the AGM. Oh, and yes. Remember that one? I do. Um, God rest ye merry grant seekers. And, wow, um, I'm amazed oh, that you can remember all of these. Well, no, I'm just reading them off from my thing. But yeah, there's a. you know how I write them? My husband and I go for a drink at the bar and we get like special Christmas coffees. And then and then uh, I usually have something to work with. And then and somehow, you know, the libations then help the rest of the creative process. Um, there's also uh, walking in 
or something charity wonderland um <laughs> the there's the uh the evaluators coming to town and uh bear with me there's two more oh little evaluation plan and then the last one is we three grants da, 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 da. i can't remember the words but anyways they're there for anybody who wants to use them on the, so on the I, think, I think maybe you got to do something to like the nutcracker next <laughs> Like a full-on play. That's what your calling is with big soldiers dressed up as, I'm going to say it, Michael Compatton. <laughs> okay. Do, 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 do. Anyways, it's probably time to sign off, isn't it? It is. James? It is. So anybody who's interested in uh, getting in touch with us, uh, we welcome your comments, your complaints about having to listen to me and my uh, Granita problems. Or Kylie Singh. <laughs> yes, if you have uh, singing uh, notes for Kylie, uh, you can email us at adventuresinevaluationpodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can go to our website, adventuresinevaluation.podbean.com. And we'd also like to thank uh, all of you who have uh, stuck it out with Podbean. Uh, they uh, just migrated to a new big server, and so we know there was a little bit of downtime. Uh, sorry for that, and uh, hopefully the new system will be much more stable. Yeah, and we wanted to thank all of our listeners as well, because I think we're up to 5,500 uh, hits on the uh, on the site. So probably about 2,000 of those are my mother, but... <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we do appreciate all this support, and don't be don't be shy. Leave us a leave us a comment anytime on anything that you're hearing as well. Yeah, and in the uh, upcoming podcast, we look forward to having a few uh, uh, special guests again. So look forward to that. That's, yeah, that's right. Chris Lisi's coming up, so that should be good. Okay, James. Well, I uh, I better get ready for work. So I'll talk to you. Hey, I won't talk to you before Christmas. So have a great holiday. I look forward to it. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk to you in January. Okay, you too. Happy New Year in okay. advance. See you, Kylie. Okay, t- take care. Bye. Bye.